Hey, everybody. Uh, that's right, man. Welcome back to the November mm-hmm. Bowfishing Buzz Podcast, Schmitty, uh, episode 71. 71, November 15th. We're back in wow. the lab here. Wow, you were not here on the last podcast. I got to remember how to do all this stuff. Right? I was, yeah, I was gone in October <laughs> when we were doing it. And we, I think our last one that we did was in September together. So it's been a yeah. solid two months, yeah. but, but we're, uh, we're back. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, one thing that I would like to say is uh, we have Thanksgiving coming up here, oh, yeah. Schmitty. So yep. Yep. Uh, just be thankful for everything that uh, you get to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, be thankful for your family. Yep. You know, be thankful for your health. Yep. Uh, be thankful that you can enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. Be thankful that, um, you know, we can all go out and bullfish with each other Absolutely. whenever we want. We're Absolutely. healthy enough to do so. We're uh, we're right. very blessed here at AMS. We've got a great family atmosphere, and we we thank we thank all of you for, for being part of the AMS family as right. well. Right. We're thankful for that very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You bet. You so, bet. Uh, I guess Matt, to kick this off here, boy, and uh, I just want to, I just want to put this out there for everyone. If I sound a little, little nasally, a little hoarse here talking, it's because earlier yeah. this week Matt came into work. What sick, a wingnut! And uh, we were building. Don't believe some, a darn thing he's telling you we right were, now. People. We were building some products. I was flying high, feeling good, and Matt was hacking and blowing his nose, and I believe that I have caught his cold. So I'm sorry, sorry for that. Oh but, boy. Uh, oh well, uh, I'm going to grind through. You know, I show up to work and I do what I need to do. But uh, just in case I sound a little sick, it is 100% Matt's fault. <laughs> Your nose just grew about five inches. <laughs> Ooh. Everything I just said is the exact opposite. Yeah, to be totally exactly. honest with you. <laughs> exactly. Schmitty comes in sniffling, sneezing, coughing, <laughs> hacking, blowing. But I feel better now. And we had a job that they put us together to do. We had to build some retrievers. Yep. So we were building did. retrievers for two and a half, three hours. Yep. Yep. And in between him putting the stuff together, he's blown. He's got a whole box of Kleenexes <laughs> next to him. He's blown. Pfft, he's blown his nose. I'm like, oh great! I'm touching every one of the parts that he's making. So after we got done, we had to build these retrievers, man. They had to get yes, out the door. So, so just so you know, so this coming Saturday, <laughs> it's Thursday or it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, today. the 15th today. Yep. yep. This Saturday is opening day of rifle season here Very in Wisconsin. Impo- not a day you want to be sick for. No. <laughs> so we're working together. I go over and we're done. I make sure I don't touch my eye. I don't, I don't itch my eyes. I don't rub my nose mm-hmm. itch here. Uh, smart, smart. Anything in my, you know. As soon as we're done building, I go over and I, I, I like just got done with surgery. I'm washing my hands. I'm scrubbing them, baby. There, there's, full, there's bubbles coming out that I've never seen bubbles come out of my hands when I'm washing them before. Last night, I woke up like at 1.30 and I could feel a scratch in the back of my throat and up in my nose area, nasal well, passage area. I don't know if that was me. Those were schmitty germs <laughs> in the back of my nose. I think maybe Julie brought something home from work. No, or she's something. just fine and dandy. Maybe you got it from touching a door handle somewhere or you something. You wing nut. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so I apologize. I may have gotten Matt sick, but um, we're here and we're ready to rock and roll. We are. So we I are. guess the first thing, boy, it's been a while. Has it, it has. My goodness. Yes, just it this, has. This first, this first topic here, this was going on almost two weeks now, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. Matt, you had a very successful, interesting, awesome archery season. I did. That wrapped up. Was that was it in November when you ended up? Uh, nope. October 27th. It was. Okay. Mm-hmm. You just want to um, tell us a little bit about that experience? The cool thing about this, Derek, is this is going to wrap into our guest. It does. It, it really lines it up perfectly. That we are having on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having on Lance Brantley. Yep. He's been on before. He's been on before. He won the Bass Pro US Open Bowfishing Tournament, shooting all them giant big heads. Yep. Um, he also owns canine or uh, on track canine yep. Yep. big game recovery services mm-hmm. down in Kentucky. 
and he's a busy man. Uh, we're lucky to get we get him on here to actually today because he's taking phone calls up to Gazoo. Oh yeah, this time of year's got to be his busiest yeah. time. So so my story is going to really fall into Lance's story here, and then of course we'll get into the bow fishing part of what he's doing with the big heads. Yeah. And, and he also just made a big purchase. He did. He did. And we'll we'll have to tease that. that we'll let him goes talk about into bow fishing. It does. it does. It's a big move. It's it a is big a big move, move down there. Yeah. So so yeah. But anyways, yeah, Derek. Um, I, I I had this spot, and I really didn't put a lot of emphasis in this spot. Mm-hmm. No cameras. I do have a ladder stand in there, but I, I don't really put a lot of emphasis in this sure. spot. Yep, yep. But going into this halfway through October, yep. I was like, you know, I really need to go in there. So is this, let me just, let me interrupt you, Matt. Is this a spot that you know is a good spot that you just didn't want to go into at all? Or no. was it just kind of an, like a eh, second tier type well, of spot? What happened, Derek, it's, it's on the bend of the woods, okay? okay? Yep. Which are always good spots yep. for cro- for deer like travel. Like an in- inside corner type inside of situation. Inside corner. Yep. The field that's right alongside of it used to be corn, then the next year beans. Mm, money in the bank. Well, the last three years, it's oh. it's... They have heifers in there now. Oh, okay. So I just kind of backed out of that area. Just sure. never really put a lot of emphasis in that yep. this year just because of that. But deer still use that as they don't want to walk through the field. They're going to walk around the edge in the woods. Yep. Cover. Yep. All right. So I really didn't hunt in there a lot this year. Um, I did get a picture of a nice 10 um, only only once yep. at nighttime. Yep. I, remember, to, I remember when you yep. sent me that picture. I'm like, ooh, that's a good deer. He came into my middle food plot. Um, but it wasn't much after dark. It was just shortly after dark. So... Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's, he had to walk somewhere during the daylight to get there. Right. And I kind of had a feeling of where he was at. Um, so anyways, uh, we'll fast forward here to October 27th. Um, I, I was like, I'm going to go sit in there and just see what's what's cruising through there. Mm-hmm. It's the time of year when stuff is starting to happen. Yep. For I sure. just had started my rutcation. Yep. And um, it was a, it was a third, it was a Friday. It was a Friday. Okay. It was a Friday. Okay. Yep. And um, I went in there early in the morning, got set up. And um, I, I, off to my right, I look, here comes Wesley walking. Mm-hmm. It's a buck that I, a pointer that we we know of very well because yep. he got a distinct left shoulder yes. is out of place. Yeah, I always think when you, whenever you showed me that deer or showed me video of him, because you had, you ran into him a lot this season, yeah, actually. Yeah. To me, he looks like if you ever watch a video of like a grizzly bear or a tiger, right. like when they right. walk, yes. how their shoulder blades go up like this. Right. Well, this deer, it's like he just had one of those, it just stayed there all the time. Yeah. It's like it was stuck there. And we, we saw him like that last year. Mm-hmm. I got video of him last year. I saw him opening day at Rample season last year. Some kind of injury, I would assume. I don't know. Yeah. It's very interesting, but his left shoulder is... When he puts pressure on it, it sticks way up yeah. out of his uh, – it pulls the hide way up. Yeah. You can really see it. It's, yep. You can see it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I haven't seen him now in, la- in two weeks now. I have not seen mm, him. Really? Yeah. He could be locked down somewhere. Yep. yep. But anyways, here comes Wesley. Yep. And the reason I call him Wesley is because of that that shoulder blade. Yep. Well, in the movie Blade with the vampires, the lead director is Wesley Snipes. Okay. I'll pretend like I know what that movie so is. So I, I call him Wesley. Okay. <laughs> right. But anyways, he comes in. And he's a nice eight. And he, and he comes off to my right. And he turns and he comes walking straight at me. Mm. I mean, literally straight at me. Dude. And this is a deer that you would shoot given the opportunity, correct? I wasn't sure. I, okay. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to shoot him or not. Because I was like, you know, I just... I think get a 10-pointer, you know, I, right. and it's my first day of rutcation. Yep. I'm off for I gotcha. 11, 12 days, yep. you know, and he comes walking straight at me. Mm-hmm. 
Gets about seven yards away, and he starts pawing at the ground. Like making a scrape? Yeah. Oh, really? Not really a scrape there, but he just started pawing at the ground and started tickling some branches that were above him. Sure. Then he comes closer to me. So now he's like three yards from me, and and then he looks up at me. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And he just slowly turns and walks away. Hmm. Uh, Shortly after that, I had a couple does come running through. Here he is on their tails. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And he never gave you a shot when he oh, came yeah. straight in? Yeah. He, or he now, did? N- now he comes in. He stands off, and he's staring at the doze, and bleh, grunts, and he comes chasing him, and he comes with another 10 yards. Oh, my me. goodness. And he's standing there, and I, I had my bow in my hand this time. Clipped on. I had my release on. Yep. And then he made a hard grunt and, and a charge at the doze, and then they were gone. Okay. I was like, good. Thank you. Thank you for leaving. Okay. Don't, don't put that pressure don't on me. Don't tempt you anymore. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and I saw a couple more little bucks that morning and stuff. And then that afternoon, I was not going to sit there. Okay, I was going to go sit in a different spot in the middle of the back forty. Okay, but I'm like, you know, that's putting pressure back there. Mm-hmm. I'm always I have to for me to get in that stand, I have to walk through the middle of it. Okay, yep. this stand here, I don't have to walk through the woods at all, except for twenty five yards when say, I walk through the yeah. field, field edge, the woods. right into the woods. And, yes, you're there. Yep. yep. Uh, so that's what I did that night. Mm-hmm. That afternoon, I went back in here and sat. And um, I had I had some does and stuff walking around and stuff, and I had some does down below me. And um, around four thirty, I looked. I was watching those does that were north of me, and um, they kind of like ran a little bit, not a hard run, but just a trot, and yeah. it ran yeah. to the east. And I saw an our deer walking up behind them, and I picked up my binocs and I looked. Oh my gosh, that's a ten. It was at ten point. It was deer. a ten point. Yep. The one I had on camera. Yep. And uh, he slowly is just walking. I thought he's going to chase a doze for sure. That's why he ran. Yep. Nope. He just walked. When he got to the doze, he grunted once. Okay. Then he just made a straight beeline to me. Oh, wow. I had totally forgot, Derek. A week before, I was sitting in that back 40. Yep. And I came walking up to that stand in the dark when I left. And I broke a branch down. Mm. And I made a mock scrape uh-huh. right there. Oh, okay. Yep. I totally forgot about that. Did Wesley work that scrape when he was in around you? I think he might have been coming to it, Derek, because he walked straight at me, and it was behind me. Oh, okay. I think he was going to come to it, but sure. he saw me, and then he turned around and walked away. Okay, I gotcha. Yep. Never blew, never ran. He just, yep. oh, I don't something, like that. Something was weird. Yep. Yep. So anyways, here comes a 10. I mean, he's walking pretty fast pace, mm-hmm. nonstop walking. And now I'm standing up. I got my bowl, and he's coming right at me, and I'm not trying to figure out, okay, right here, right here, right here, right here. Nope, he just comes walking straight in, goes right to that scrape. Wow, perfect. And he stops right at this scrape. Yep. Lifts his head up, I draw. And he was cornering hard, a lot harder to me than I thought he was. Okay. And, I, and I remember looking down the pin, I remember saying, don't hit that front shoulder. Mm-hmm. Do not hit that front shoulder. And I pulled back a little bit behind that front shoulder, and I shot and released. On the release, I knew right away it was not a – a double lung, or not even close, a double lung. Yep. I hit him too far back for that, behind a rib cage. Yep. He ran about 40 yards, stopped, and just stood there. Mm-hmm. I'm watching my binoculars. I know right away what I can see. My entry hole, I can see blood coming down on his right leg. So initially, are you thinking like liver guts type of hit? I th- I'm thinking definitely guts, yep. stomach shot. Yep. Hopefully, I got that liver. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I got some of that that that. That uh, femoral? Femoral artery in yep. his back leg or something. I can see blood coming down his leg. Sure, yep. Well, he slowly walks away, and then I lose track of him. Um, Never saw him bed or anything? Nope. Nope, nope. he just disappeared. Um, I waited till just before dark. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I got down and I went over and I found my arrow. What's going through your head right now? As you're watching that deer, you know you maybe just made a marginal shot on him. What's what's the emotional mindset like? My stomach was burning. <laughs> okay. No pun intended. With yeah. that, but seriously, my stomach was in knots. Yeah. I was like, God oh, dang it. My wife was hunting that night. It would have been so cool for us to, you know, go in make, there and track make a that. good shot on that deer and yeah. go and track it, find it together and do all the stuff together. Yep. But I knew I, I felt bad. I mm-hmm. felt I totally rushed a shot. I, I could have gave that deer time. He had no idea I was there. He had no idea I had drawn. He would have given me a good broadside yep. shot. I just yep. rushed my well, shot. Well, you know what a big buck does to hunters. That, yeah. That's a typical thing. Yep. And and so I knew that I had to give this deer a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I had to give this deer overnight. Mm-hmm. I went down, looked at my arrow. Arrow was covered with blood. Complete pass through, of course. Um, that's, that's big. That's good. Yeah. You know, that yep. you got both two, right. two holes to bleed out of. Right. Um, and, and like I said, it was really good and bloody. And, of course, I could see a little bit of stomach content on, on the fletchings and yep. in the blood area and stuff. Um, so as soon as I saw that, I, I stuck my arrow right there by that tree where that scrape was. And I went out to the field and exited. Gotcha. I didn't even go look for blood or not. I, sure. One in doubt, back out. Yep. Yep. Let me just jump to this, Matt, if you don't mind. What kind of, uh, what's your bow setup looking like? My what, bow? Yeah. What kind of bow are you shooting? Poundage? I'm, sh- I'm shooting a Matthews. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I'm shooting right around 63 pounds. 63 pounds. Fixed or mechanical? Fixed. Fixed. Okay. I'm shooting gotcha. the interlock American Eagles. Gotcha. Okay. Just um, curious. Just curious. Full metal jackets. Was. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I, I've had good luck with that combination mm-hmm. before. So, um, I I was I knew I was probably gonna have to get a hold of a, a dog tracker. Yep. yep. Um. So I went on the phone that night and I I saw, I, I saw somebody not too far away that had dog services. Yep. And um, I called him. We talked. We discussed it. We tell. I told him exactly what everything was. He goes, "Yep." He says, "Just stay out of there. Don't go in there. I'll meet you at eight o'clock tomorrow morning." Oh, perfect. So he met me at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I had my wife go sit in one spot. My dad went and sat in another spot in case he crossed the road. I didn't want him to cross the road. Sure. Um, we took up the blood track. Uh, you came along. Yep. You were curious. You wanted me to. I was, I was very curious just to see how the whole dog tracking thing yep. went. So that yep. was cool that you invited me mm-hmm. along. Yeah. He had a mountain Bavarian. Yep. Scout. Uh, which Scout. is a cool deer dog that I almost bought a Bavarian mountain hound. That's right. Two yep. years ago from Dennis Redden mm-hmm. uh, for tracking deer. Yep. Uh, but we just—I just don't have time for that right now. But right. Um, so, so we went in there, went right to the spot. Dog hit that spot, sniffed around there a little bit. Wham! Yeah, he went right exactly to where I last saw that deer. Mm-hmm. Didn't he? Mm-hmm. In a oh, heartbeat. Yeah. In like, in like, we're like having to fast walk slash run through the woods yes. to keep up. <laughs> the dog's name was Scout. Yeah, and, and Dustin. I don't know. Yes, it, Dustin. Yeah. He had a a big long orange rope. Off that dog's collar, like a big long leash. Yeah, and yeah. you you just like okay, where do, where does that orange? <laughs> that, you're doing everything you can to be able to keep track because the dog is gone, and you're yeah. just trying to follow this orange rope through the woods. It's like holy cow! Yep. And then you would you I was behind you, and you'd be like, that's right where I saw him last. Yeah, he's he's, he's right. He's and then as we were walking, we'd be like, oh, there's a drip of blood. There's a drip of blood. Yeah, so we're going fast pace. We're like you said, we're half running, half yeah, fast walk. Yep. I want I like the I want oh here's blood here's blood. You know, mm-hmm. there was none of that. No, 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 no. So then. Right, right, kind of lost the deer. The dog was kind of circling around, sniffing, yep. making big circles and loops. All of a sudden, boom, there he goes. Yep. Out to the southwest. There he goes. Into the thicker stuff. Um, kind of lost it a little bit again up there. Yep. Did his big circles and stuff. All of a sudden, it, the deer made a hard right turn. Yep. yep. Boom. Went across our trail. And literally, I said to Dustin, I says, there's a small pond right, right up here. Mm-hmm. 
And at this time, I really didn't see hardly any blood anymore. Yeah. I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Yep. You know, I'm like, oh, boy. Yep. Oh, boy. We haven't found a bed yet. Oh, boy. I know. Because I thought when we went into that thick stuff, I thought we were going to find him. Right. If we were going to find him, I thought that he was going right. to be in there. I'm like, and, then we, and then all of a sudden, the dog goes out of there. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we crossed my little path that I have in there. Yep. And we went through some of the thicker stuff and then up onto the dike of that little pond. Yep. Um, I mow the top of that dike. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got up onto the top of that dike, the dog went to the right. And Dustin goes, there he is. Literally, that deer had bedded down right on top of that dike, yep. right next to that pond, yep. and had passed away yep. and died. Yep. Right there on top of that dike. Yeah. Yep. And that, uh, was, that was crazy to see that. That night, um, I couldn't sleep. The, I, night, I, the night before. Yeah, I, just, I couldn't yeah. sleep. I actually got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and just went out and watched TV. Mm-hmm. And literally, every time I would forget about it for a little bit when I'm watching TV, then I would think about it, and my stomach would just oh, yeah. twist and yep. turn. I'm like, oh, yep. man. We've all been there. That dog was amazing. Yeah, and I, I remember I, I turned my Onyx track on as soon as we got into the woods. Yep. So you need to take out probably 30 yards that it took us to get there. That dog went 250 yards in eight minutes. Isn't that crazy? And we found that deer. And we would have been on our hands and knees looking for blood. Oh, wood. yes, absolutely. The deer was dead. Yeah. Actually, from where he died, if we would have walked down the trail... We would have seen him laying there yeah, right there. If the you'd have walked down the normal trail that you have mold through there, we would have seen him. He was only, from where we park and where the shed is, he's literally only 125 yards say, from that yards. spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you don't know. Right. You don't know. You right. know. Yeah. But um, looking back at it, we did the, the right things. I, I watched that after the shot. We we gave him 15 hours of what we figured. We gave him yep. after the shot. Yeah. And you didn't push him at all after you shot him? I did him. not go in and look for any blood at all. Yep. I just went and grabbed my arrow, looked at my arrow, and then I got out. Yep. And um, that deer actually had just died probably that morning yeah. there because was, yeah. there was no rigor mortis set in. No, he was pretty um, limber. He was pretty limber yet. He yeah. was warm to the touch yet. Mm-hmm. So he had just died that morning. Yeah. You know, probably around 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 6 or 7. Yep. Yep. You but, played uh, that exactly how you needed to. But, yeah, I was very blessed that we had found that deer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Actually, for, for our 10 o'clock break this morning, we just had some snacks. I was just going to say, we just ate them. Yeah, we yeah. just ate some snack sticks from yep. him. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, that was cool. That was awesome. Yep. And I know when we were when we were doing that, too, we were sitting there, and um, uh, Dustin, I think it was his name, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he goes, well, guys, he said, I'd love to stay and, right. and look at that deer. He said, but I got, I got a list of people I got to go see yep. today. So yeah, he was he was gone with the wind. He, right. he came in, did what he needed to, and then right. they were gone. So yeah. it was very cool to, to it was, witness It was neat. That. So I was very glad. Um, that's my first true 10-point that I've ever shot with a bow and arrow. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And, and not to mention, I feel like we're underselling this a little bit. A big deer. I mean, it was a nice big deer. Big bases, thick, four and a half heavy. plus year old deer. I he mean, was that thick. was a it was a great deer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Not big Absolutely. body. He didn't have a very big body. Yeah. I don't think. Rutted, you know, started to run. I guess a little yeah. bit. Twenty seventh, but yeah, just a but it's cool. Deer. I had pictures of him. I had I got video of him back to working on a different scrape. You know, earlier yeah. in October yeah. stuff. So I, I was very blessed and, and lucky and. And also, let's give a shout out to uh, Jeff Brown, the VP. Here oh, that's right, yeah, absolutely. Shot a very nice. Oh yeah, mature ten pointer. Also, yep. yep. I know he sent me a picture of that when he shot it, and when he sent me the picture of him holding it, the head looked like a cow. Oh, that, it looked like yeah. a bull, like yeah. a big bull with yep. with white tail antlers on it. That was a stud of a deer mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, congrats to mm-hmm. Jeff as well. Yep. So uh, we've been. It's been a pretty good year here yeah. at AMS. Um, we got we got Corey. He's still out hunting. Steph's hunting. Yep. Tim's hunting over at All Metal. But, um, like I said, this week we got the Orange Army invading yep. the Wisconsin woods, which is like a national holiday here it in is. Wisconsin. It is. I love it, and I hate it at the yeah, same time. I so, <laughs> You know, speaking, Derek, we were speaking before about being thankful. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and what you need to be thankful for. Um, I just got to touch base on this. I got to be thankful for family. Oh, yeah. Um, my dad's 85 years old. Yep. Um, had a couple heart issues in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, recently we just had it. He got admitted again to the hospital. Uh, his blood pressure was super low. But before that happened, um, he's still going out there and hunting. Oh, yeah. He's got his crossbow, and, and uh, so I shot that deer on a Friday night. We found it Saturday morning. Uh, Sunday after church, uh, I took Dad out hunting, and we were sitting uh, in a blind where I had shot my buck last year, where Julie shot her buck last year, mm-hmm. and um, it's a neat little funnel pinch point. Yep. And um, I was actually, I, I stuck my head out the blind, and I was taking a panel of the beautiful sunset that night. Yep. It was just pink. It was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. As I'm doing that, I look off, off to the left of the blind there, and I can see a doe standing out there. Mm. I said, Dad, I says, get, get ready. There's a doe standing out there. Yep. And the doe was looking behind her for three minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Finally, here she comes. She walked right through the food plot. Her little fawn came through. And I'm looking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Dad, get ready. Here comes a nice buck. Yep. He came into the food plot, worked a scrape through the brush that I have sitting there. He worked a scrape and tickled his antlers. And then as he turned and started walking to follow that same path that the doe took, Instantly, I could tell it was Wesley. Yes, yes. You can see that cool. every step. Bloop, bloop, you can see that shoulder yep. pop. I said, "Oh my gosh, Dad, here comes Wesley!" Mm-hmm. And um, bless his heart, uh, the buck came walking through the the food plot there, and he didn't know I was going to make the deer stop. Oh, okay. He did not know that. It's, so the deer is just a slow walk. Yep. And as soon as I went to make him stop, he shot. It was almost. I remember you sent me that it was video. Like, it was like. Yes. It happened. It happened. Boom, boom. Right. Right away. Right. Yeah. And I, I'll show this video in our in our video podcast because mm-hmm. I have it on film there. And uh, he shot underneath that buck. In fact, right behind the the buck, yeah. I have a, a trail camera there. What are the odds of that? So you can see the knock flying. Yep. You can see the duck slowly crouch. The and bu- then the arrow actually, the bolt actually goes into the tree that my cameras in yep and as soon as the buck takes off then you can see my red ir, IR go, off. go off on the yep. on the camera yep. um yep. but it was a clean miss and bless his heart he felt he felt bad and i and i said dad i says that was awesome yeah that footage was really cool I, that was awesome just to be sitting here with you in the blind mm-hmm. seeing that having that opportunity was awesome yeah don't feel bad that was awesome right Right. You know, it was a clean miss. Mm-hmm. You didn't wound him. Left and right was perfect. Just, just right just underneath low. the belly yep. line. Yep. yep, yep, So it was. That's you know, being thankful. I, I'm so thankful for family and my family and doing those things with my dad and oh yeah and everything like that. There. Yeah. In fact, even my mom came out the day when we <laughs> yep that was cool. when we found my buck and she was in there with the pictures and yep. stuff. So yep, that was she awesome. enjoyed that too. Actually, they sit together. That's that's beautiful. That's awesome. Up to five years ago, they were sitting in a ladder stand, and I said, no more of that. You guys mm-hmm. are not climbing ladders anymore, so we built them a wagon blind. Yep. And they both go in there and sit opening. In fact, they both sat in there, you know, in the last week and a half, they go in there and sit together. That's Dad's cool. been hunting this whole week. So. That's golds right there. I yeah. got to find myself a woman that'll be <laughs> that old and sit in, a, sit in a cold deer woods with me. Okay, so speaking of women, Schmitty. What is this going to be about? We have our AMS Bullfishing Christmas party coming up here. Yep, we do. We do. Uh, December 1st. Yep. Uh, we're going to a uh, golf simulator yep. to play some golf and other games that they have there. Yep. And then we're going out to eat at the Buccaneer Supper Club. Yep. And afterwards, we usually go out and have a good time at one of the local bars. Yep. Okay. So what they do here at AMS is they bring out a spreadsheet here, and it says your name, um, if you're bringing your spouse or some other significant other. Yep. 
and then if they're going to be eating and then if they're going to be playing golf. Yep. All right. Well, I saw on yours that you just had yourself and then no other significant other and yep. then only one for eating and one for playing golf. Yep. Currently right? single. Yes. So, ladies. <laughs> oh, ladies. <God>. Ladies <laughs> in the house. Schmitty here is single. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I'm going to make it turn into Schmitty a here is single. <laughs> dating podcast. He sure could use a, a girlfriend <laughs> or, a, you know, to, to attend the AMS Christmas party. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess send your submissions to the Absolutely. AMS email. And we'll <laughs> we'll no, go just go right to his Facebook page. Derek Schmidt, his oh. Facebook page. And oh, just okay. DM right there and hook up with Derek. He is single. He's about six seven. Six seven on a bad day. Six eight on a good day. Yep. Yep. Six seven. Good yep. lord. Yeah. If you love hunting, if you love deer hunting. You can't love deer hunting too much though, because you ain't gonna be able to hunt on my property. But you gotta be able to support it if I like to do it. So well, yeah, Schmitty's single. He's looking for a date for the Christmas party. So uh, Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to see what kind of weird submissions get sent in. That's going to be interesting. And I knew this was coming because we just have our, uh, on Wednesdays, we have our shop meeting after a 10 o'clock break. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there talking about, oh, yeah, we got to build up these parts. And we got this new machine in here. And all of a sudden, Matt goes, ooh, I got something I'm going to bring up on the podcast. And that was what that was. I did not know what it was going to be, but that's that's what Matt had in store for me. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Yep. I'll have to field those, see what all rolls in there. That'll be interesting. So, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Direct message Schmitty for a date for the AMS Christmas party, December 1st. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. We'll have a good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You bet. So, so uh, moving on here, Derek, uh, we have the uh, the date now and stuff picked out for the Bow Fishing Association of America spring meeting, which yeah. is going to be held March 2nd, 2024 in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep. At the Kentucky Dam Village State Park. Really neat little place there, right above the dams there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to just... just Tell everybody what that meeting consists of. What do they all cover? What kind of topics get discussed? Everything associated with bow fishing from, like, for example, right now in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some issues that are coming up that we need to fight against. Um, They're trying to categorize rough fish a little Mm -hmm. bit now and starting to put, wanting to put limits Limits on these fish without a lot of scientific background on these. Why are you doing that? You know, so a lot of discussion on all types of stuff like that or stuff on the East Coast. Yep. Stingrays and stuff like that. Um, you discussed uh, new the new um, board members. Yep. Uh, you discuss BAA Worlds information. Okay. Uh, like that one year, they were going to try to get it to where it would be in the south one year and then in the north the next sure. year and where the cutoff lines were for that. So yep. that goes into the topic. Uh, the tournament uh, directors. Um, then you also have state reps about repping you know states and stuff sure. like that there. So there's um, all kinds of information that gets covered. Yeah, yeah and then they also have... Um, uh, the Bow Fishing Hall of Fame. They bring in some some more people into Bow Fishing Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot to discuss there. And um, anybody is welcome to come. You can ask questions. Uh, you know, BA records, uh, youth, bow fishing, um, everything. Sure. Everything. Points yeah. for team of the year and stuff like that. Cool. And, um, everything gets discussed there that has to do with bow fishing. Yeah. Um, I, I know, I think they're trying to come up with a new BAA um app oh okay to keep people more connected and sure. stuff like that as well sure. so yep. so all that stuff you know and then along with that you know that takes um money to do that stuff so um you know we have free membership but then we also have paid memberships sure. yep. um 
when when people vote on the worlds where it's going to be and stuff like that there so yeah yeah and i just going back to that that fish biologist we're talking about limits and whatnot i think is i'm guessing that you and i were a part of a little meeting here a couple of years back where an yes. oklahoma, oklahoma rep came in and kind of displayed was, some information i was very curious if that was the same guy oh i bet you it is and i won't say his name on the podcast but i know when we we were at that meeting i know we kind of and that's bef- this was probably what three or four years ago that we attended this ago, meeting yeah i know that we kind of left that meeting a little bit like hmm i don't know if all these bases are quite covered as much as they should be right. in order to be able to put in something as serious as a regulation like limits on mm-hmm. on rough fish but we told him exactly that's interesting. exactly how i remember andy cardwell and myself yep. told him exactly how we feel about this and what he is trying to do here yeah yep and <laughs> we were totally against what he was yep talking to yep. us about and i remember i remember cardwell when he he piped up there when he started talking he he's actually he was very good at at speaking yeah. to this gentleman he did it in a very professional manner with lots of facts to back up what he was talking about but i remember he uh he piped up and he goes well listen up myself and matt look we're just we're just big buff killers okay <laughs> <He did say laughs> that. that's right yeah and i remember i'm like heck yeah let he him have it that. let's hear what he's got to yeah. say i just remember him that's how he that's how he started his conversation with him right I'm like, heck yeah that's right. cool but, cool. but this association that brought him in and, and talked to us about, uh, I talked to them the next day, and I says, anything that he is going to do with you guys or if you plan on doing with him, you can keep AMS Bullfishing out of it yeah. because we are not going to be yep. linked with that yep. individual. And that's kind of what they were wanting to do with all of mm-hmm. us that were in that meeting was kind of uh, have said, a little bit of keep, a backing. keep us out of that because, yep. uh, no, yeah. I don't like the guy. I didn't like what he was trying to preach, mm-hmm. and I didn't like what he was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to fight with her for what you want for right. sure. But, right. Um, mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Let's uh, we got to give Lance a call, but let's run through some of these BAA records quick, yeah. huh? You bet. All right. So you first bet. one here. Congrats to Christopher Scott on his BAA Louisiana State record silver, weighing forty two point four pounds. Nice. Holy cow, that's a nice. tank silver. Nice. That's nice. awesome. Nice. Next, we got uh, congrats to Gunnar Coleman on his BAA Tennessee youth record Buffalo, weighing twenty three pounds. That's awesome. Love to see the youth. Um, mm-hmm. How about our little buddy from Michigan, Easton Bourgeois? Yeah, I yeah. hope I pronounce that correctly. Bourgeois, 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 on his BEA Michigan youth and state record, Crucian, is that how that's? Yep. Crucian carp, mm-hmm. uh, weighing 3.5 pounds, and his BEA Michigan youth record, Bofin, weighing 6.6 pounds. How Way awesome to go, is that? Easton. Yes. Uh, how about congrats to Landon Conley on his BAA Kentucky youth record, smallmouth buff, weighing 26 pounds. And his BAA Kentucky Youth Record grass cart weighing 51 Ooh, pounds. Wow. That's a nice That's one. awesome. And I just got to tell you a little story here on Landon, Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, I met his dad, Dustin, at the very first annual Amos Big 20 in Brandenburg, Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's cool. Wow. All right? Yep. Um, at that time, Landon was just a little baby. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, since then... I see them almost every year at the Jared Ashmore Youth oh, Tournament. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they always come up to me and talk to me and say hello, and we talk and stuff. And you know how cool that is, Derek? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's Landon, cool. the first year we had the Big 20, was a baby. Yep. Now he's bow fishing. And shooting he's records. He's shooting records yeah. here. Yep. Um, really cool deal there to see that flow. Oh, yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, it's like you're growing up with them a little bit. You see them in these different Absolutely. stages of their life, and now they're yeah. now they're shooting fish all the time. Mm-hmm. That's really cool to see it's that really connection. Neat. Yeah, really yeah. cool there. 
Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, finishing up the records here. Congrats to Connor Cobrine on his BA Maryland youth and state record Northern Hog Sucker. What Ooh. a name right there. Yep. Nor- Northern Hog Sucker. Northern Hog Sucker. Weighing 0.4 pounds. Wow. That Very takes, nice. That's tough to shoot. 0.4 pounds. That's cool. Yep. We've had those hog suckers on there from uh, Dustin Meisel. Oh, okay. Back yep. in the day that we're yep. shooting hog suckers. Now yep. we got... Now we got uh, Connor shooting a hog sucker. Yeah, very cool. Very so cool. congratulations to the uh, new BA records. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Nice shooting, guys. Great job. Great job. Well, Schmitty, I think after this break, uh, we will give Mr. Lance Brantley a call, AMS pro staffer, on track, canine, big game deer recovery. Yep. And he's got something else up his sleeve. Yet a new owner of something else pretty That's big right. in the bow fishing world. So. so let's give him a call after this break. Okay, sounds good. This is Megamouth. It's the first free spooling spin cast style bow fishing reel. It's ready to shoot. No button to push. Yes. You engage the reel by pulling the T bar. Megamouth is built for bow fishing. It's tough. Dual stainless steel and brass gears. Three heavy duty axial pins. A no fail anti reverse. An unmatched 28 inches of line per crank. And a three year warranty. Megamouth, the professional bow fishing reel. And welcome back to the Bowfishing Buzz, episode 71 here, Schmitty. Yep. Let's give Mr. Lance Brantley a jingle. All right, let's do it. See what Lance has to say. Yep. Always full of good information. Right. Right. Hello. Hey, Lance. This is Matthew and Derek from the Bowfishing Buzz. How are you doing today, buddy? Hey, Lance. Doing good, man. How about yourself? Y'all guys doing all right? We are doing great yes, up here. Um, in fact, um, this podcast from the very beginning kind of incorporated you in here with, um, I had to recently, I shot a buck, uh, end of October and we had to get a tracking dog in here because I didn't make the greatest shot on that, on that deer. And, um, it was a Bavarian mountain hound and, um, and that, 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 uh, that dog did an amazing job. Yep. Found that deer in eight minutes. It went 250 yards. Eight minutes. Very impressive. From the shot. Yep. And that dog took us right to that with hardly any blood. Yeah. After the first 40 yards. Yep. Um, so it's kind of cool having you on here uh, because you are one of the best, if not the best, down yep. there in that area, mm-hmm. from what I've heard and what I've seen of uh, tracking deer, wounded deer and finding them and recovering them for their for the shooters. Yes, sir. We uh, we stay pretty busy chasing. I say that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. I, I didn't. By the way, Matthew, I didn't know that you had a dog on that one. That's pretty cool. You yeah. See what it's all about. It was really neat. Really neat, Lance. To watch yeah. that dog do his job, and and it was really cool to see him figure things out mm-hmm. where that deer would make a hard right turn, and that you know it took him uh, probably a minute and a half to figure out. Okay, here's where he went. He went this know? way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's really neat. Yeah. Really neat, Lance. Efficient. Yep. Efficient dog for sure. So we'll get into some of that stuff here in a little bit, Lance. But um, I know you've been on the Bowfishing Buzz in the past, but why don't you give our listeners a little background on yourself, uh, where you live, and some of your hobbies, Lance? Well, I live here in Dixon, Kentucky. Pretty well anything in the outdoors, coyote hunting, <laughs> uh, bird hunting, uh, bow fishing, anything we can chase around here, I pretty well do it, it seems like. Awesome. awesome. Pretty, pretty passionate about the outdoors. Yeah. So you're staying pretty busy year-round. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, Lance. Last time we had you on, you had just won the Bass Pro U.S. Open Bullfishing Tournament. Um, has anything changed for you since that win? 
Man, uh, no, we just kept kept on grinding. We <laughs> we definitely seen a whole lot more uh, bow lighters, you know, looking for big heads. After that. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, we 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 definitely we de- definitely seen several people chasing them, but other than that, everything's been kind of the same, I guess. Sure, good, good, sure. good, good. So with that, Lance. Um, of course, after the U.S. Open Championship, you did not, you and your team, uh, in fact, let's give a shout-out to David Waddell, Noah Brewer, and Gunnar Hagen as mm-hmm. your teammates as well. Let's not forget about them. But you guys kept shooting yeah, tournaments, and you kept shooting up some pretty big fish and some pretty big weights in the tournaments. How did the rest of your goal for you? Man, we had an awesome year. Uh, we were very blessed. You know you know how it is finding fish. They got to stay the next night, and we 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 had a very good year i think we ended up winning i think six tournaments total the cajun would be one of the the bigger ones after the u.s open Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. uh man we had a blessed year we we were definitely pretty excited about that and man uh, the team i mean everybody's done their part and everyone's you know put a lot of work in i mean every weekend we're on the water and and this year it all it all paid off that's awesome that's That's awesome congratulations on a fantastic year because you were one of the teams last year that, um, no offense to you, Lance, but not a lot of people knew about you. You know, not a lot of people knew about about you guys and stuff. And man, you guys came in last year and and took the tournaments by storm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at the Cajun Eight, I think you had a with your eight fish. I think you had like a forty nine pound average oh, on those eight fish. Mm. I mean, uh, my goodness. We actually done a little better. I think it was a 59 pound average. Oh, yeah, man. Beautiful. Get your numbers right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Matt, man. Give me credit here. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, the year before, I think it was right around a 49, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. That's what I remember. Oh, that's okay. I, I gotcha. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Lance, everybody sees you, you know, placing well in these tournaments, holding up these big fish. Can you give us a little bit of insight? Um, how grueling is it scouting for these big, big heads? Man, I, you know, it, it's different to everyone. Don't get me wrong. It becomes a job. But for me, I enjoy it. I mean, it's intriguing. You know, it's this has been a five-year deal for me and there mm-hmm. hasn't been too many nights missed on the water during the summer wow. and you get you kind of get something in your head or idea of what the fish are targeting and you know like you know if i'm not on the water i'm sitting there thinking about it and uh, there's been times that i've left in the middle of the night like all right i think i know what they're after and now uh, you know you can't sleep so you just head to the water and oh say well, well maybe maybe not or you know it's 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 been it's a fun ride for me i mean everyone don't get me wrong you get burnt out of it get burnt out on it i mean it's it's a lot of hours invested and all that mm-hmm. good stuff but but i i can certainly enjoy it to be honest and and i know people think that a lot of this has to do with luck but um yeah, yeah. i i was out with you a couple of times this past season and i know the amount of time that you put into looking for these big heads and how much time that you and your teammates spend down the water looking for these fish. I mean, it's, it takes time. It takes time. It and, does. um, you know, the big heads are, I remember years back, we scouted big heads for the U S open that year was down at the pyramid in Nashville. And we made a four and a half hour drive to that spot. we never saw a big head that Oof, night boy. where the wow. night before they were, <laughs> they were dumb as a box of rocks. They were bumping into the trolling motor, you know? Oh yes. They drive you nuts like that. And, and you and I, I mean, for example, I mean, you know, we spent, you know, from dark to daylight, and I right. think we shot one fish that night. We shot one fish, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that that's I mean, a lot of time on the water. Oh, yeah. Looking for those fish. One thing that um, 
I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday, and it was Hank Parker Jr. or Hank Parker was on there. Okay, and um, he was a professional bass fisherman. Okay, the second year he won the bass bass masters bass masters whatever. The second year was in there, and uh, one thing that I I found very interesting what he said is, do not compete against the teams that are competing in those tournaments. Compete against the lake. You need to win that lake, or you need to win that body water that you're on. Oh, okay. If you can do that, you're going to do well. It's an interesting way to look at it. It was kind yeah. of interesting to, yep. to, look, say, to hear him say that. You're not competing against the other teams. You're competing against that body of water. Mm-hmm. If you can conquer that body uh, of water, you know, isn't that kind of neat, Lance? Yeah, and, I mean, that's kind of the take we take on it, too. Because, I mean, when you roll in these tournaments, there's 150 boats out there. I mean, it, it, it's overwhelming. Right. I mean, if you start thinking, well, who's on water, this and that, and then you're hearing all the big numbers and, you know, sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's kind of what we do. We just focus on what we think the best average we can pull and what the odds are of pulling it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you watch the team descale, and them guys, you know, I've seen them win with some averages that you wouldn't think would be that great, but those guys recognize the conditions and were able to, to chase the fish that, that would take the win and, and overlook the rest. And, I mean, I think what they win the muzzy with, you know, I, I don't – is that a 25-pound average yeah, this year yeah. or something? Oh, wow. Yeah, on okay. those grasses, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that, that's saying a lot for them. You know, they recognize, you know, they kind of overlooked all the talk, not try to go too big, play it safe, and also put great fish in the boat. Right. I mean, that that you can you can definitely win. And, I, I mean, even the muzzy here, when they shot it, they won it several times. But <clears throat> one time there in Eddieville, I mean, I was, I was thinking too big. I think those guys won – the the last one we had was little somewhere around a twenty pound average. You know, we were thinking big, and a storm came in and, and knocked us all out of the park. And it was hard to pull just twenty fish, much less a twenty pound mm. average. Sure, mm. yeah, that's that's a very good way to put that because I remember that one year they won the uh, two years ago they won the U.S. Open with those grassies, and they didn't have a you know, but they it, it was the conditions that changed that kept them in it. Sure. Uh, so always control of what you and your team can control. Yep. Don't worry about anybody else, yep. what you can control. Yep. You got to adapt. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I think a lot of that's reading variables and having an idea what the fish are going to do. And, and, and those guys are very good at it. Yes. I mean, they're, yep. they're that, top notch. That's helped me. And, and, and that's where us too, you know, we, we try to play everything, you know, what we're given the best we can and just more or less playing a game of odds and, it's, it's helped us a whole lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Lance, I got to ask you, man. <laughs> BAA Worlds is coming to Kentucky next year. Your home state. Are you excited? I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's going to be a challenge, that's for sure, but it's pretty cool to be able to compete, you know, here in the, in the home area on a tournament like that. Absolutely. I, I, I'd be excited. Yeah. I would be excited if I lived there, you know, and it was coming back to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on coming down there and just hanging out. I'm not going to shoot in a tournament unless Lance needs another shooter. Oh. Mm, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never but, know. We may have a man sick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We I asked you if you were excited. All right. I never really see have seen you excited before. <laughs> you are, are so laid back and just – Take it as it goes. Never too high, never too low. Exactly. You yeah. just are like, I never see you excited very much. And it's just, uh, I think it's cool because, you know, you could be out there, you know, 
hooting and hollering hooting about and hollering these big and all, fish. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, you know, uh, just a straight line. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, and plus, you know, it, we've had a lot of people like, man, I bet y'all are fired up. We have been blessed enough to bring some quality fish in, but man, the reality of it, there's other guys that are, are very good. I mean, Right. Some of these guys around here, I mean, they go all over and, and, and do well. I mean, you got a, you have some stout competition. Right. So, you know, between that and then no telling how many other boats, you know, you're going to be running all over the waters. I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt. I mean, we're definitely looking forward to it, and we think we're definitely going to be competitive, but you never know when you know you get that and the weather. I mean, you're right. also that time of year we all have a cold front or whatever it may be, and, and kind of had to change our strategy all around. Mm-hmm. Sure. So let me ask you this, Lance. Do you feel any pressure winning all these tournaments last year? Now the world is coming to your home state. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any pressure, Lance? Or- I've been beating so many tournaments, it don't bother me to lose another one. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a great way to – Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great <laughs> way to look at that. Yeah. yeah, we've been beat like a drum before. I mean, it's yeah. motivated to try harder, but no, I mean – I mean, yeah, you do feel some pressure, especially when you get a, you got some people's attention, and you know there's going to be a lot watching you to see see what you're going to bring in. I mean, yeah, you, you feel that somewhat, but sure. but no, nah, man. I mean, it ain't gonna hurt my feelings if we're dead last. I mean, I won't like it. I mean, but who who does? You know, right, right, I mean, that's it's part of the game. I mean, it's it, that that's what makes it fun. I mean, and I'm not gonna lie, that night at retirement, I'm tore up. I mean, yeah. you know, we're focused. I mean, we we do what we can, but. You know, when you put in so much time and, and it's down to that, that, you know, that final night, I mean, you know, it seems like for us, it, it's more well, like the Cajun. That was probably the biggest roller coaster for us because, you know, we got playing A, B, C, and D on that one, and you only got so much time to run it, and, and you got to make – we knew there was going to be some other guys on good fish, so that, you know, that that was a lot of pressure too. So we, we knew we had to try to shoot a little bigger. And when you do that, that's more of a gamble. And, and plan A went right, plan B didn't. But plan B was just as important as plan A if you didn't put the rest of the fish with it. And right. so we were on C that night before it all come together and literally put the rest of our fish in the boat in the iron. So, wow. you know, it, wow. it, it, hmm. there's a lot of nerves. And, I mean, that night was a roller coaster for sure. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, that's, you know, going into these big tournaments like that, I mean, it's – you know, all it would take was, you know, several boats running over your fish or something like that, which yeah. can happen pretty easy. So yeah, sure, sure. It's definitely, definitely do feel some pressure, but, I mean, it, at the end of the night, it is what it is. All you, can, you know, that's kind of something else that we've done is form that plan, and we're not mad at ourselves if the plan don't go wrong. You know, you place right. it on what everyone knew, and if it, if it if it fails, then we fail as a team, and we knew we gave it all we could. And I exactly. think sure. that makes it better versus when you're in those moments that you have to – someone has to make a decision, this ain't going right. And, and, and whoever steps up to make that decision, they know they know if it's not right, it could cost the whole team. Mm-hmm. Where with us, it's already planned. The team planned it together. So you, you lose together, you win together. Very you cool. Know? Gotcha. Yep. Very cool. Yep. That's cool. That's a cool behind-the-scenes look mm-hmm. there, Lance. Thank Absolutely. you for sharing that. Um, just to switch lanes here a little bit, uh, on-track canine big game recovery, just for, for us and our listeners, can you dive into a little bit of what that is, Lance? Give us some insight on that. Man, this is a business that, that I knew was needed in my area because I, I personally had to hire a guy with a dog, and he was the only guy in my area had a great dog. 
um, he didn't do it to the level that, that we do it. I mean, he just kind of, you know, as a side deal, I think he was doing it for tips. He had a great dog. He loved watching his dog run. And, and so I, I knew there was a need for the service. Matter of fact, I got a call coming in now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, wow. But exactly the second one since we've been talking. But anyhow, I mean, I knew there was a need for the service because I personally needed it. And I had trained a dog uh, before for myself. She was mediocre. I mean, she'd find deer, but she wasn't to the level that I wanted to take calls on. And, and after I, I had actually shot it, man, it was right at 180 inch deer. Um, I didn't know where I hit it. I, I brought that guy in. He didn't recover it. And he told me, he said, this deer is more than likely the way the dogs are acting still alive. He said, go back to hunting. And, and I didn't know, you know, what I know now about it. And I'm like, how is this guy going to tell me this? You know, because, you know, he didn't show me my deer. I don't know if he's dead or alive. I don't know where I hit him or anything. Huh. And he was right. I mean, it wasn't two days later that deer was back on cam. And, oh, wow. And I didn't know it at the time, but I had shoulder shot him. And, and he healed up fine and stayed in the same area. And I think that was the first time I shot him was on a Sunday afternoon. I just went back to hunting him. And the following... Uh, was Sunday morning, the deer actually came in pretty close to the same area. I was able to get another shot. The deer was walking, and I was afraid to stop him because I done stopped him once and shot. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, kind of put it behind the shoulder, shot. He took a step, and it put it about the liver area oh. where I hit the deer. Okay. And that guy told me, he said, man, if you ever hit back, he said, that's a fatal shot. This dog will find it, which, I mean, his dog will find any, probably any dead deer, but that's a shot that that's known to, a lot of people hear gut shot and they freak out. They, you know, and a lot of the old timers would say, you know, these deer run two or three miles, you never find them and die somewhere else. Well, that's that's actually usually they're within three hundred yards. Just mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't have a blood trail. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, I just as soon as I knew what happened, I didn't even try to trail the deer. I called the guy with the dog and said, "Hey, man, I just got another opportunity. You, if you don't mind, that was early that morning. I said, meet me here about dark and we'll go in." And that's what we did. And his dog just ate the trail up, you know, went straight to the deer. And it was oh, a done deal. But wow. but after mm. that, I was like, man, I, I've got to, uh, I had to get another dog trained. And, mm. and it was just by luck. My wife, uh, you know, on Facebook Marketplace, someone was selling bloodhounds here in my area. And that's that's where Hank came from. Wow. Mm. Ever since then, it's, that's been seven years ago. And, oh. and I've done little hunting since then. Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of tracking. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so I know you touched on it a little bit. So, so your tracking dog is a is a is a bloodhound, then Lance. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. Black and tan bloodhound. All right. Do you have any other dogs? Do, do you have any Bavarian Mountain Hounds? I do. I, I've also we also run the Bavarians. Uh, okay. I have a Jag Terrier. Uh, I have a Jag Terrier in training. Actually, Dennis Red and a good buddy of yours. He's, yep. he's been training for me, got him started. Now I got to put him on the the real thing. Oh. But uh, yeah, we we have a few, and I have some other handlers that help me. Uh, JC is is one of the better ones. She's been with me a while. She uh, she's running a very mountain hound also. So so you have you have multiple dogs uh, that can and multiple handlers now for your services. Then Lance, right? Is that correct? We're we're still yeah. I mean, it's in the making. Okay. Um, you know, next year I'm hoping to have. What I'd like to do by next year is have three handlers and, and drone combinations. We we really like running the dog-drone combination together. Gotcha. That way we can kind of cover everything. Okay. All gotcha. Right. Gotcha. All right. So, Lance, let me ask you, you just touch on that a little bit about that drone there. Um, how is that different compared to a dog as far as advantages, disadvantages? I mean, just, just 
bring us into that world of this new age drone, you know, using that to find, find dead deer. Man, there, there's pros and cons of both, of both, of course, but the drone, man, the, it, it, it's bring, it's causing a big stink right now. And, and it should, I mean, these things are pretty amazing. <laughs> um, the cool factor is unreal. I mean, when you can fly over, especially now that the leaves are dropped, yeah. you know, there's, there's, you can see, you know, a lot of other deer, I mean, a little bit of everything, you know, I mean, it, it's running the thermal, you know, you're going to get heat. And then what you do is say you fly over, you have a heat source. Well, if it's daytime, you have a daytime camera that, that's a zoom from say 300 foot in the air. And you can zoom in on something that's just unreal. Like, for instance, uh, when we were testing it, I think we were 400 foot up. We, we had a heat spot in a tree, and we zoomed in on it. And I literally watched a raccoon scratch his ear. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, ama- <laughs> it, wow. it's amazing. I mean, the cons on the drone is, you know, once someone tells you their last blood, you really don't know what direction. Yeah the deer's going from there, um, that, that kind of can delay the, you know, you have to, you know, basically grid search with sure. the drone. You have to cover mm-hmm. a lot of areas. Um, the, the other downfall early season, the canopy, it's hard yeah. to penetrate that canopy with the thermal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. we had a lot of problems with that, you know, up to about almost end out, which this year I feel like the leaves held, the leaves held a little longer than normal. Cause it was it was probably the first week in November or at the end of October, it started doing the the, the drone started performing really well. Then. Sure, sure, hmm. that's cool. So I I kind of think um, like uh like the drone is more of a a search, where the dog is more of a of like a he's following, he's following yeah, the I scent, mean, and the drone is more of like a search, like you said, a grid and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, here's what I tell people. I mean there's there's good you know there's just like anything between dogs and handlers you know you have your you know five star handlers and you have your three star or or less or you know what i mean mm-hmm. depending on like like say if i had to make a decision to call a dog guy or a drone guy you know mm-hmm. i if, if it's a mediocre dog in your area that's more of a maybe final maybe not then the drone may be more successful Right. If it's a five-star dog, I mean, I'm pretty well convinced that in most any good normal scent conditions, I, I'm going to find a dead deer. Right. So, I mean, the dog success rate of a good one in handler is probably going to be higher because mm-hmm. wherever that deer goes, the dog's going to follow. Right. 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 Now, you do have scenarios where let's say, you know, you, you want to give respect to a neighbor, it's hunting season. I track to, and this has happened a few times this year already. I track to a property line, even if I can get permission. You know that that neighbor don't want us going through there and pushing his deer out. Yeah. Yep. And you know during hunting season, so you know we can fly the drone over. You know locate it if the deer haven't been alive. Then obviously you know we were kind of evaluate it, maybe check on it again. You know the following morning or whatever it may sure. be. Or if it's dead, then you know we can call a neighbor and say you know hey. Which a lot of times we, we most time we always let them know what we're doing. That way, if they see a drone flying over, they're not going to freak out. But right. anyhow, I mean, if we locate that animal, it's a, it's a direct path to it now, you know, and and everybody's more happy. So it there's definitely you know pros and cons of that part of it mm-hmm. also. But yeah, let me ask I you mean, this. Oh, on, go ahead, Lance. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say statistic statistically, 
I mean, we've, we've had probably a better success with the dog just the fact that we usually start with the drone first. If we can't locate it, then we drop the dog, and that's happened, happened several times. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was just going to ask you, Lance, when, when that dog, I've heard all kinds of different things about how dogs are tracking deer, um, and one of them that I hear is that they're, they're using, they can sense that, they can smell that interdigital gland and that deer's hoof. Is that, is that kind of what you have, is that what you know that those dogs are, are tracking, or kind of what are those dogs keying in on to know the specific deer that they're trying to track? Yes, absolutely. The interdigital gland is, is what they're, that, that hoof scent. Like, I can watch my dog when the blood dries up. He, he'll literally be taking his nose, flipping leaves over, and sticking his nose down in the track. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that that's a big part of it. And, I mean, there is some, like I was saying, when that guy said my deer wasn't dead and he was right, I mean, that dog keys off that scent. So, <laughs> if that even though them deer are bleeding, you know, you may be a muscle wound, there's a lot of blood, and you're, man, you know, you think, yeah, this deer's got to die, you know, and that's not always the case. A muscle wound bleeds a lot, and it's usually kind of deceiving. It looks like more blood than there is, but... <laughs> Once, once that blood trail dries up and that dog, you know, he keys off the interdigital gland. That's what he's tracking when there's nothing else to track. Wow. And and I've read a lot about it. They claim that the dog can actually identify that actual deer as far as the danger. It's kind of like a human. We all have individual scent. Well, they claim that the dog kind of picks up on that too. So he's keying off that interdigital gland, what blood may be there, and the actual danger for the deer. Wow. That's amazing. Good Lord. That's just amazing. That's impressive. Yeah. It is. It is. So Lance, but what what we go ahead? Nope, go ahead. What we see a lot on that interdigital gland, and and it is, I mean, it's a true story. You know, this kind of kind of backs it up. Once that dog gets past blood, say we go to a bed where that deer laid overnight, we sometimes can track to that bed and then cannot go anywhere from then on. So what happened was the deer bedded. He calmed down. He's not putting out that uh, scent, so mm, he's basically yeah. a healthy deer the next day. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Because I, I listened to a podcast a while back, too, and I heard the, the handler say the same thing. He goes, I can tell just by watching my dog's reaction and how my dog is performing yeah. if this deer is dead or if it's, stuck, if it's still alive. Mm, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty, yeah pretty absolutely. Cool. Yep. So, Lance, if somebody makes an iffy shot on a deer, um, they're not quite sure that they made the best shot on that deer, uh, what should they do? You know, what's the best thing for them to do for you to go in there then later on and, and make tracking easier? You know, that's, that's a popular question I get a lot. Because a lot of these guys got where now they call me before they even track the deer. Yeah, and, okay. And just basically asking for advice. You know, my, my advice is, is if you're able to track it, then track it. Once it gets to where it looks like it's going to be iffy or you're going to need a dog, once you get to the point that you can't go any further, don't grid search. Don't don't walk all over the place. Okay. And you know, if you're stepping in that deer scent and packing it off, that that makes a dot of scent that my dog could key off of and and take us 15 minutes to prove their you know or, or to work it out sometimes. So it right. definitely delays us. Um, you know, it's and that's something that you'll see a lot of these handlers and trackers you know pushing a lot not to do, and and they are right. I mean. You, you you don't. I mean, the the more they track it up, the longer it takes us to, to work yeah. it out. Yep. Um, but it's something we also deal with a lot. Most of them lie, and that, that's one thing I want to say. If you do it, just say you do it. You've done it because it, it, it makes <laughs> us, we're like you're saying, if my dog is really struggling and going all over the place, if I know you gridded it, which I can usually tell anymore, that lets me know that, hey, this deer could be mortally wounded, 
and and it's not as hard of a track for the dog. We just mm-hmm. haven't got past that grid yet. Right. You know, we right. don't want to misread our dog. If you just say it, that it helps us understand what's going on, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes kind of put that puzzle together to get it to get the track out of there and get it lined out and all right. that good stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So Lance, what's the biggest deer that you've recovered and, and like, what's your most memorable tracking job through all these years? And we've, we've, blow, we've found, I think three over 200. Oh now. my gosh. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Wow. Um, which is anytime you walk up on a deer like that, it's just something you never forget. I mean, wow. I think one of them having to be 226. And the oh. other biggest one was was right around that. I don't remember. Jeez. It was one of them deer that had a lot of trash, and, and it was somewhere around that, too. They were both pretty close. I mean, it was in a few inches. I do know that. Mm. Mm. Um, but, I mean, you know, it, we I've tracked probably, I think Hank's knocking on 500 recoveries now. Oh you know, gosh. to do that, we probably tracked, you know, a 1,000-plus deer. You know, I mean, they're they're most, when we get caught, it's a bad scenario most of the time. So we see a lot of live deer. But man, I've got so many memories. It would be hard to put a pin <laughs> on just one. Sure. I mean, you know, last year we got to meet Hank Williams Jr. That was pretty cool. We we found a deer for Riley Green. Oh my gosh! Um, had I mean, you never know who's going to call or where you're going to end up. Right. I mean, some you know, it, it, some of the most memorable is you know that they, it may not even be a big deer, just a a kid's first deer or something of that sort or yeah. something that, that just means a lot to someone. I mean, we, we've seen some grown men just, you know, cause the emotions, you know, we're their last resort. Yeah. And when it all comes together, you know, there can be a lot of emotions in this and we've seen grown men cry. We, we had, I mean, it just everything, man. Uh, like I said, I mean, uh, to me, like the kids first deer and stuff like that, I mean, it ain't about always the answer to the deer, but you know, that's something they're going to remember their whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. That's what's that's the I guess the most memorable stuff to me. But we've we've chased deer through towns. I've run a two hundred inch deer between a house and a detached garage that oh my is, gosh. is racks barely fit through. I mean, it, <laughs> man, I I could we don't have enough time to tell right. all the stories. If you had my crew together, the things we've witnessed and seen, man, it's it's been a pretty cool ride. That's wow. that's amazing. That is really amazing. cool. One thing that was really cool as I was looking at your Facebook page for your canine big game recovery services. And um, there's a really cool picture of Hank down by a look like a river, and his like front paws were in the water. He was looking across that water, and on the other side of the water, you could see the deer oh my up gosh. on the bank, and a you know his antlers sticking up on that one side. It was just a really neat picture. Mm. Uh, you know that deer yeah, went to that it's water. Kind of like a swamp area. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know the picture you're talking about, man. That was just. It, that was a pretty cool morning. Like we when we recovered that because the area we were in, I mean, it was I don't know, but I, I snapped that picture. If, if I'm thinking of the same one that you are, yeah, there's a guy kind of on behind the deer yeah. wearing orange. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's no, that's Noah. That's Noah. That's on my team. He had me with me that morning. I thought that was Noah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, that's a pretty cool picture. That is a really neat picture. Really neat picture. Mm-hmm. So okay, Lance. So we talked about. Bow fishing tournaments, mm-hmm. big heads, to Hank, and tracking deer. You also have uh, a pressure wash system that you own down there in Kentucky. You're busy yes, all the time, uh, and and now yeah. you just bought another business. 
<laughs> yeah, my wife's ready to kill me. <laughs> so, so yeah. tell our listeners, Lance, what you just bought. Uh, Money Flats Boat Fishing. Uh, wow. Locally owned there in Catawba. Jeremy Scott started the business. I want to say uh, somewhere in the last, I want to say somewhere around 10 years. I don't know exactly because I haven't been boat fishing but five now, but I know he's been around since I've been doing it. Um, but, but yeah, man, it was, that was just kind of one that I had, you know, Jeremy was working a full-time job and working there on the weekends. I knew he was working seven days a week and, and, and Jeremy's a friend of mine and, and, and I had a feeling, you know, man, between doing all that, and I think they had some mowing businesses they do too, between him and his boy, you know, I just kind of mentioned to him like, Hey, you know, if, if you ever want to sell this place, I may be interested. I love that lake area, and, and with my washing, we're kind of growing it in that area also. And anyhow, I, I mentioned it to him. Well, well, Jeremy's, I think, plan was to retire and and work the store more full-time. Well, he when he went to put his notice in to retire, I think they made him an offer that, that he couldn't turn down. Oh, okay. So he decided, you know, he was just going to stick with that and, and probably let the store go. That way he didn't have to work so much. Gotcha. Um, so it was one of those, man, I happened to mention it. The timing, I guess, was just perfect <laughs> because within wow. two weeks, he, he called me back. He's like, hey, man, I'm thinking about this. So, so let me know what you want to do. So I kind of I wasn't the best timing with all this other stuff going on, but we, we jumped on board and was able to make it happen. And that uh, once this tracking slows down, that's where all my hours are fixing mm. to go to get all that good stuff ready. That's really cool. cool. That's, that's really cool. cool. Congratulations. Yeah, that's that. really that's cool, awesome. Lance. Really I cool. appreciate that. Appreciate it. So for everyone listening, Lance, you just want to tell us what Muddy Flats is and what are your goals with it? You know, that's, uh, we have, you know, as far as it goes, I mean, I am going to try to grow the store, maybe get a few more things in there, more apparel and stuff of that sort. Uh, maybe more, you know, Jeremy has already pretty well anything to do with bow fishing. I mean, from the bottle reels to the stream to, you know, several different rests and, and, and also bows in there also. Yep. So he has a little bit of everything already in there. He's had a great business. And, and in our area, obviously, you know, right there at the lake, he, he stayed pretty busy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I, in in time, I mean, I don't have the money just to go in there and do exactly what I want, but I do want to grow it, do a lot of online stuff, which he was already doing online. I want to push that a little harder um, and basically, you know, grow the inventory and then maybe do like electronics, trolling motors, you know, depth finders, the whole nine yards before it's over with. That's that's awesome. I mean, you're going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, man. <laughs> You're gonna be busy. I gotta, I gotta start figuring it, figuring out, figuring it all out here for long. Mm-hmm. Not enough hours in the day. Yep, yep. I'm telling you. I'm so, telling you. so once get, get once you get up and going there, Lance, can people stop in and buy products? And then you you mentioned that you'll have online services as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm hoping to be open by April. Is okay. our goal? Um, if not sooner, I mean, you know, it's pretty well. You know, all I have to do is open the doors, but I am going to do a little, just, you know, a little minor stuff around there, try to try to do some painting and just kind of put our own touch to it type thing. Um, but if everything, everything should be rolling by, by, I would imagine, April. Okay, cool. Very cool. cool. That's Very exciting. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah. With Muddy Flats down there, uh, you're in the right area. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you should do very well down there. And I know bow fishing is something that you enjoy to do. 
Um, so I'm sure you'll do very well yeah. with selling bow fishing products. And with all your other business ventures being as successful as they have been, I'm guessing Muddy Flats will fall right in line with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. I'm, yes. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lance, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the year here in your tracking down there with uh, Hank and stuff. And uh, we we look forward to, to having you guys on Pro Staff again next year and, and getting out on the tournaments again there and, and shooting some monster big heads. And uh, best of luck with Muddy Flats uh, store down there, yeah. Lance. Yep. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Lance. I appreciate it so much, guys. All thanks right. For you no bet. You take care and have a great day, Lance. Have a good you Thanksgiving, too, too, as well. Yep. yep. Yes, sir. You too. All right. See you later. See you guys. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. I don't know when that guy's going to sleep. Like I said, uh, when he's scouting for tournaments, he's working during the daytime, gets a little break between, you know, awful work and when it gets dark out, and then he's on the water till 5 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever let me ask you this Matt and this just I think this was a very good uh, some good insight into how his brain works and how he's so successful shooting yeah. big big heads have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and thought of something and left to go scout at two in the morning just to go see if no. whatever you thought of no. could be true no isn't that insane it is oh my gosh when he no. said that I'm like this dude's a different breed he is oh my gosh he doesn't sleep he, no Lance doesn't sleep yeah. He doesn't sleep at all. He's never he doesn't ever get too excited because he doesn't no. ever have the energy for it. <laughs> Maybe that's why he must be tired yeah. all the time. Maybe that's why. My gosh. But you know, what a what a cool guy. Uh, I'm glad that I got to know Lance, and um, just some of the adventures that he has been on. Yeah, you know, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. It was kind of a neat, you know, bow fishing bow slash fishing. bow hunting kind of. And canine recovery. Yeah. yeah. And the muddy, muddy flats. flats and yeah. stuff. So it's kind of a neat little podcast here, yeah. I think, yeah. with, with uh, deer season, you know, looming here. Here and here gun in, season looming here in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, cool. really cool very little cool. deal. Yeah, thanks for joining us there, Lance. That's awesome. We got written down here, Matt. You want to give everyone a little bit of a fantasy football Well, update. we talked about that when we first were getting into yes. the drafting day here. Yes. And now we're heading into week 11. We are. And I think, what was our bet? I think it was whoever took last place had to be in a dress and not take it off until they shoot a fish, correct? If we took an, if, But I don't think we're going to finish in last place. Uh, we're too darn good. That's a problem. We're too good at this. But maybe we could extend <laughs> it to everybody who's in the league here at AMS. Uh, Nate better watch out there because he's, uh, yeah. he's tailing up the bottom right so now. So anyway, this is all the AMS employees here. And um, we have Kevin uh, Eskimo Brothers he's is just uh, dominating, dominating here at a record of 7-3. and three. Yep. And then here comes Schmitty in hmm. second place with a record of seven and three as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then hot on the heels yes. is the old turf toe magicians. Yep. That'd be my team right there at yep. six and four. Yep. So uh, we're 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 you're second and I'm in third right now. And you, I'm and one. We, we play each other we this, play each week. Other this it's week. It's huge. And you got Joe Burrow going tomorrow Thursday night. night yeah. I will be watching that game, hoping he gets injured. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would never wish that. But I hope that the Baltimore defense locks him up. I don't want him to get hurt. But I do watch those games a lot more than I would normally. Usually right. it'd just be Packer games, but fantasy mm-hmm. football kind of puts a new a new twist on it. So. Right. And Schmitty, you want to let everybody know because uh, next week, Thanksgiving, of course. I can't believe it's already and, uh, that time of year. Good Lord. Deer hunting up here in Wisconsin. But then we also have... Black Friday, Shady. Yes, yes, we do. For AMS and Megamouth, we got some right. Black Friday sales. We've been in the lab in the office there cooking up some deals. Um, 
Amongst others um, that maybe we don't have even thought up yet, these will for sure be out there for you guys. We're talking like for that Black Friday, so be on the lookout for a social media post or an email blast if you're a part of that. Um, we're having deals on T-shirts. We're going to have $14.99 T-shirts, originally $24.99. Um, the Hooligan Bow only. This is a big one. That Hooligan Bow is arguably the best bow fishing bow that's ever been made. We're going to have that on sale for $349.99. That's, oh, hun- that's $100 cow. off. Wow. That's $100 off there. What a, what a great time to get that for a Christmas present, oh, huh? absolutely. Could you imagine just a stocking stuffer of a like the bottom cam and limb <laughs> and the rest of the bow just sticking out <laughs> yeah, of a stocking? Right? That yeah. would be That would be perfect. Um, our breakdown water mock recurve, the bow only, 129 That's Ooh. on sale from $179. Um, our bow cases, which is a great Christmas time gift. You don't want to have those bows. You're going to put all this this time and money into getting your equipment right. you got to take care of it. If you yeah. take care of your equipment, your equipment will take care of you. That's right. been something that my dad has instilled in me mm-hmm. since I was a, a little mm-hmm. little tot. But, Good thing um, to see. Good yeah. thing. Yep. Bow cases originally are $129.99. They're going to be on sale for $90, nice. knocking some price off there. The zip rest as well from $32.99 down to $24.99. Uh, jumping over to the Megamouth side of things, same deal with that bow case, originally $130 down to $90, and then we'll also have sales on our apparel as well. So uh, wow. be on the lookout for that. Yeah, get some get some holiday stuff taken care of, check, check off the check list. Check out the websites then on, the, yes. on that Black Friday. Yep. I'm sure they're going to have some stuff on the website yep, where well, you can just click on links and see all the Black Friday specials. Yes, that's what like we're that that's what we're working towards there, and um, <clears throat> we'll probably run those, you know, from Black Friday through Cyber Monday, and then we might have some holiday sales going on pre-Christmas. Mm-hmm. So just be on the lookout there during this up here a little bit slower time of year. We like to kind of you know offer some sales, keep the juices flowing. Yeah, holidays are a great time to stock up on little little things to get you ready for next right. season. Absolutely, so absolutely. Weesh, that was a good one. How long we got here? Wow, that did not feel that long. That was a really good podcast. It was kind of covered a lot of stuff. We did. Bowfishing, we really did. You know, all that stuff. Yep. Yep. So from all of us here at AMS Bowfishing and Mega Moth Bowfishing, mm-hmm. wish you a very happy Thanksgiving Absolutely. coming up here. Yep. Thankful for you. Be thankful. It's a great time of year. A lot of cool things coming up here. It's a great seasonal change. I love that change, yep. you know? Yep. That change right there. So from all of us here at Amos Bowfishing and Mega Muff Bowfishing, we wish you the best of luck. Remember, aim low and think big. Thanks for listening, guys.